Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I am titled this episode, Technocracy Rising, Political Escalation, and Global Consequences. Why? Well, we have a technocratic ruler, Klaus Schwab, coming out, saying that there will be technocratic dictatorial rule by a tiny elite, as well as the Archbishop Vigiano saying that there is a global conspiracy against God and humanity. On top of that, we talk about some of the political escalation we're seeing on both the left and the right. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez asking for a list of Trump supporters to threaten, as well as Florida Governor Ron DeSantis moving to allow citizens to shoot looters and rioters targeting businesses. Yeah, a very, very interesting episode planned for you guys. <laughs> and I'll do my best to try to uh, keep it calm. A few quick updates. You hear us mention our Telegram channel, which will be in the description bar below, as well as our exclusive membership program, which you guys should join. The link for that, as well as our minicast, The Pathway Forward, can be found in the description bar below. And with that being said, let's start the show. Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, this is show number 1038, season 10. Episode 38. I won't lie to you, gang. The, uh, the energy in the air is chaotic. It's off the charts. It's misdirected. And I'm glad. I really am. You may have noticed we also switched back to the old mic. I listened back to that other episode and, well, you know, sometimes price tag doesn't equal it does not guarantee the quality sometimes that you are looking for. That's why they say the equipment isn't as only as good as the user. So we decided to switch back. But, uh, you know, looking outside the window, looking outside the world, the energy is off the charts. It's all over the place and it's chaotic, man. You know, but let me tell you something about energy real quick. Earlier this week on the uh, on, on Instagram Live, the one that got deleted, I uh, I told the audience that was listening about how I had to uh, butcher one of my chickens, and well, I ate that chicken today or last night, and it was so crazy uh, because I started at seven and finished at like twelve, but it, it didn't take that long to cook the food. I think we were all just kind of wired. And how much uh, energy there really was, you know, from preparing the food to picking the to picking the uh, the kale and the squash and the cucumbers and the onions and stuff from the from from uh, the garden to uh, the preparation of the sauce, you know, to even the broth, the chicken broth, the bone broth for the pups. 
you know, it was a, it, it truly was a, an, an experience because, you know, this band we got, I think, on Cinco de Mayo, and unfortunately, he passed away, or the rest of the flock passed away uh, the day after Thanksgiving, but or, 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 or Halloween, uh, but he himself passed, I think, like a week or two after, and it's just crazy to think of, like, again, that cyclical nature, you know, of how energy works, and I think that's what I was really consuming more so than the actual meal itself is the energy. Um, you know, whenever I was watching a video on how to uh, effectively and efficiently carve and butcher that bird, you know, and wish and break out that wishbone, I thought to myself, "Gosh, I could see how so many different cultures associate uh, the, the 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 slaughtering of chickens to uh, sacrifice because there's a wishbone in there." You know, I think again about the resources, energy, uh, and just putting your energy into something to have a return. And so all these thoughts are going through my head as I'm just literally, you know, pulling the meat from this bird, cutting the meat off. And it really was an interesting experience, you know. And I'm not saying it was traumatic, but this is me kind of catching you guys up on how the process went. You know, and then I went on to have like mushrooms, onions, garlic, a little medley with it, you know, a little curry sauce too. And it was pretty good, man. I, I, I barbecued, or I baked barbecued the wings, and it was just crazy, you know, again, I think raising it from start to finish to now consuming it, and I think that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to you know, break down to you guys, uh, is because with the exclusive members, I told them about how useful the chickens had become. You know, we got all kinds of people contacting us, trying to give us egg cartons, and it's a little bit disheartening, you know, because we were churning out at least like eight or nine eggs a day, and like I said before, you know, we were helping all kinds of different people, families, uh, just that, families, friends, neighbors, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, to, you know, butcher one of my, butcher my rooster after all this and only have two, two hands, one that's laying and one that's like a baby. The same one that we got on Cinco de Mayo. Her, her name is Cinco because she has five little toes. And, uh, you know, to just, to just go from that maximum production to just like barely even having one. Because uh, my, my, my laying hen is a little bit stressed out. She hasn't been producing, plus the weather here. And so I think this will all come in handy when we start talking about, you know, food shortages, the socioeconomic reformation, uh, uh, rationing, inflation, uh, the breaking down of the, food, of the food supply chain and stuff like that. Because I'm not doing this on nearly an industrial level. But this is me just trying to kind of make it a little bit relevant for you. You know, when you think about all those chickens that had to get euthanized, that's probably a very, very traumatic experience for those farmers, man. Because this was a very, very uh, interesting experience for me. But I couldn't do it. I couldn't imagine doing it on, a, on, on an industrial scale. But back to the butchering of the bird, you know, and the, and the, consum the consum consumption of that energy and so much more. Uh, managing resources and just really looking at yourself as like an asset really just trying to give back to the community, man, because I didn't really think that I was helping all these people until all these people started asking me for more eggs, and I had to tell them the, the sad news. And so this is the world as we uh, end 2020, and I'll keep you guys appraised as to what happens over here on, on Casa de Clinton with, with all my chickens and whatnot, but this is the world right now. This is my little world, you know, and there's other things happening as well. But I thought that that would be a good way for me to intro into the story, talking or into this uh, this week's episode, talking about energy, talking about the world, talking about natural human behavior, right? Getting out there into the in, in, into the world, 
uh, into your yard, homestead, and more. I can't wait till, uh, you know, I start getting me some deer and some other meat like that, but that's a different story for a different day. And with that being said, let's start the show. So I'll be honest with you, gang. <clears throat> I'm going to be honest with you. What's happening right now is the technocracy is exposing themselves. You know, I, I went over this earlier this week on the uh, Instagram live with you guys, Archbishop Vigiano. Uh, sending a warning letter to Donald Trump. But I think in a weird way, people already knew this. So basically what we're going to be talking about in this week's podcast episode is the creation of that new world order. We are that generation. There are no more games. You know, and I think it kind of dawned on me this week why this election isn't so much like all the others. You know, it's not uh, Bush versus whoever. You know, it's not Clinton. It's, it's, it's a little bit different. Because, yeah, you know, Obama and Hillary and even Bush and Clinton, to a degree, may have turned the White House into a revolving door. But what happens whenever we've been fully sold out and those people come around to collect that money, collect that, 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 that country? And so we're in a very, very interesting predicament, my friends. You know, I kind of went over it earlier this week. I wanted to with, uh, with some of our members and some of our guests. But it's the externalization of the hierarchy. That's where we're at right now. Where they're saying, yeah, no, we kidnap kids. Yeah, no, we're going to forcibly inoculate, inoculate you. Yeah, we're going to put these things inside your body. Yeah, there are pedophiles amongst our myths. So what? Yeah, some of us are compromised by China. It doesn't matter. And we're going to tell you what to do. This is the externalization of the hierarchy because this isn't the true system. This is a system of control. Just last week's episode was American contention. Well, you got to understand that that contention creates distrust, and that distrust sows the seeds for dissent, and that dissent makes us become ungovernable. So let me go ahead and get this article up for you guys. You know, we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, this is going to be a good episode because we are going to be pulling information from our Telegram channel. That's right. We're going to be pulling inf uh, information from our Telegram channel. We currently have 174 subscribers. I'm very excited about that. And trust me, we are going to grow. But here, check this out. Quote, global conspiracy against God and humanity. Archbishop warns Trump of COVID health dictatorship and chilling open letter. This comes from Planet Free Will. They put this up November 10th. And the reason why I'm going ahead and starting this off this episode off harsh, just telling you what it is, is because that's how overt this is. People that have the eyes to see what's going on and the ears to listen to what these people are truly saying are trying to sound the alarm. This is not a normal time. I think I was trying to say that earlier with the whole Hillary and previous uh, presence thing. With Joe Biden, it's a little bit different. He's openly compromised. He's been named in a criminal case. This is a constitutional crisis. And they're planning for that. They want to overload the system and break it down. Because, again, whenever it's the same thing like with the economy. They will, they will drive down all the prices of everything and have everybody get bought up by yuans on the dollar. But here, I, I digress. Let me get in this article and then we'll continue on. This is in a chilling, open letter to President Donald Trump, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigiano warns that the COVID-19 pandemic is a part of a, quote, global conspiracy against God and humanity that aims to put an end to human liberty as the world knows it. 
Vigano, who formerly served as Lithic Mucinio to the United States from October 2011 to April 2016, warns that the president of a, quote, great reset planned by, quote, a global elite that wants to subdue all of humanity, imposing coercive measures with which to drastically limit individual freedoms and those of an entire population. The Archbishop says the plan leads to a health dictatorship that will bring an end to poverty rights and usher in adherence to a program of vaccination against COVID-19 and COVID-21 promoted by Bill Gates. Quote, we see heads of nations and religious leaders pandering to the suicide of Western culture and its Christian soul, while the fundamental rights of the citizens and believers are denied in the name of a health emergency that is revealing itself more and more fully as instrumental to the establishment of an anti-human or of an inhuman faceless tyranny. He writes, what's crazy is he's literally talking about the creation of the new world order, that beast-style system as prophesied in Revelations. This is where we're at. Soon you'll be able to buy more sell without receiving the mark. And today, you have Ticketmaster already requiring vaccine identification before you go into concerts. Yeah, because that's what you do. You go to concerts to be healthy, <laughs> apparently. Let me get in this article. Here's the open letter in full. I'm not going to read it in its entirety because it's very lengthy and powerful. I would definitely recommend that you guys do so. I'll put the full link to this article in the description bar below. It says, Mr. President, allow me to address you at this hour in which the fate of the whole world is being threatened by a global conspiracy against God and humanity. I write you as an archbishop as a successor of the apostles, as the former apostolic Monsignor to the United States of America. I am writing to you in the midst of the silence of both civil and religious authorities. May you accept these words of mine as the voice of the crying out in the desert. John chapter 1 verse 23. Since as I said when I wrote my letter to you in June, this historical moment sees the forces of evil aligned in a battle without quarter against the forces of good. Forces of evil that appear powerful and organized as they oppose the children of light who are disoriented and disorganized, abandoned by their temporal and spiritual leaders. Daily we sense the attacks multiplying of those who want to destroy the very basis of society, the natural family, respect for human life, love of country, freedom of education, and business. We see heads of nations and religious leaders pandering to the suicide of Western culture and its Christian soul, while the fundamental rights of citizens and believers are denied in the name of health emergency that is revealing itself more and more fully as an instrumental as instrumental to the establishment of an inhuman, faceless tyranny. I have to pause right there because what did we talk about earlier this week, team? And we'll get into that here shortly, but what happens whenever you begin to censor the president? What happens when these people no longer follow the rule of law? An inhuman, faceless tyranny. A shadowy, unelected cabal. This is the deep state. This is the technocracy. This is them revealing themselves, as we've said throughout the entirety of this pandemic. As you put the mask on, they're taking bears off. Let me get back into this. It says that a global plan called the Great Reset is underway. Its architect is a global elite that wants to subdue all of humanity, imposing coercive measures with which to drastically limit individual freedoms of those, entire, of those of the entire populations. In several nations, this plan has already been approved and financed. In others, it is still at an early stage. 
behind the world leaders who were who are the accomplices and executors of this infernal project. There are unscrupulous characters who finance the World Economic Forum and Event 201, promoting their agenda. The purpose of the Great Reset is the imposition of a health dictatorship aiming at the imposition of liberticidal measures. Wow. Hidden behind tempting promises of ensuring a universal income and canceling individual debt. The prices of these concessions from the International Monetary Fund will be the renunciation of private property and the adherence to a program of vaccination against COVID-19 and COVID-21, promoted by Bill Gates with the collaboration of the main pharmaceutical groups. Beyond the enormous economic interests that motivate the promoters of the Great Reset, the imposition of the vaccination will be accompanied by the requirement of a health passport and a digital ID, with the consequent contact tracing of the population of the entire world. Those who do not accept these measures will be confined in detention camps or placed under house arrest, and all their assets will be confiscated. And you think about this. Archbishop Vigiano is coming right out the gate telling you what it is. But see, people can't see that. But see, that, that, that's a part of the externalization, you see. That's a part of it. And I think a lot of people have seen that take place this year. They have to tell you outright what they're doing so you can be aware of it. Well, it's just two weeks. It's just two weeks to flatten the curve, and here we are a couple months later still with the masks on. Yeah, they have to externalize this and tell you that they're going to do this. And a lot of what we've seen this year is people consciously join up with this system knowing full well what it's designed to do. You see, because as I sit over here and talk about my little chickens and my little community projects and me just trying to help out here locally, there are people that don't want that at all. They want to assume that power. They want to rule their lives. Remember the snitch culture that COVID-19 brought, this, this new class-style culture that's being created? It's because of this. It is because of this. That's the plan. You see, whenever you have QAnon supporters telling you to trust the plan, now we have the Great Reset. We have all these labels. That's what's so crazy about it. All this stuff that used to be so, so, so controversial, so conspiratorial, so behind closed doors, so hush-hush. It's now become so out in the open, so overt. But they got to make it trendy. The lines are being drawn. That's a part of the Civil War. Remember, I talked about it earlier this week, the breakdown of law and order, how it also includes politics and society, right? The social contract. That's because there are people that want to align themselves with the technocracy. They see us as just dirty humans. Look at this. Look at these maskless, uh, look at these maskless gun-toting freedom fighters. Right? Isn't that what Hillary Clinton and Joy Behar said? Look at these uh, anti-lockdown protesters acting like domestic terrorists. You have to understand the mindset of the people that we're up, they were going up against. But you, that's the even crazier part. These fools, they don't know that they're not joining the system. They, it's not going to serve them. The minute that they acquire power, they'll destroy the people that got them there. But again, this is the externalization of the hierarchy. And when people sign on with this project, they know who their bedfellows are. But don't worry, friends. They say war makes for strange bedfellows. Continuing on, check this out. Speaking of externalization, 
That's why I wanted to start this episode off talking about the technocracy rising, they're rearing their ugly head. You now have Klaus Schwab, one of the World Economic Forum globalists, coming out saying, you know what? We're going to have a technocratic dictatorial rule by a tiny elite. You humans. You foolish humans. You're too incapable of governing yourselves. Isn't this what we're already seeing with our electoral process? I've been uh, beating the drum on this for quite some time now. The New York Times putting out an article saying that, well, Americans are just too incompetent and can't run their own electoral process. We have to get the United Nations in. And now you have the very same people who were funding the, the United Nations and others saying that we're going to have to have the technocratic dictatorial rule by a tiny elite. These are the technocrats. This is what I've been saying throughout the entirety of the pandemic. Who, que bono, who stands to benefit? Yeah, every, lock everything down. We're only going to have to go online. We're going to have to go through Amazon. We're going to have to order stuff online through the Grubhubs and the Netflixes and the things like this. These are the technocratic the people, you see? This is why they want a social credit store. Let me get into this. This is written by Patrick Wood over there at Technocracy News. They put this up November 11th. It says that in his book, COVID-19, The Great Reset, World Economic Forum globalist Klaus Schwab asserts that the world, quote, will never return to normal, despite him admitting the coronavirus, quote, doesn't pose a new existential threat. Breitbart's James, or Breitbart's James Dellingpole unveils how Schwab is even more explicit in his book about the elite's plan for exploiting the COVID-19 pandemic than in, his, than in his public statements. Schwab has continually pushed for COVID to be exploited to push for a new world order, claiming that, quote, now is the historical moment of time, not only to, not only to fight the virus, but to shape the system for the post-corona era. There it is. There's that new BCPC, before corona, post-corona, the 2020, the never looking back, the new normal, you see. Because again, shut down the real world, put people out of their businesses, say we'll pay you to not work, shut down the electoral process, we're going to come up with something brand new. Continuing on, it says, quote, many of us are pander or pondering when things will return to normal, right, Schwab? The shortest response is, never. Nothing will ever return to the broken sense of normalcy that prevailed prior to the crisis because the coronavirus pandemic makes a fundamental inflection point in our global tra trajectory. The globalist makes this assertion despite admitting that the threat posed by COVID pales in comparison to the previous pandemics. Quote, unlike certain past pandemics, COVID-19 doesn't pose a new existential threat, he writes. Schwab makes clear that the Fourth Industrial Revolution, or the Great Reset, will fundamentally change how the world operates. Quote, radical changes of, how, of such consequence are coming that some pundits have referred to as before coronavirus and after coronavirus era. We will continue to be surprised by both the rapidity and the unexpected nature of these changes. As they conflate with each other, they will provoke seconds, third, fourth, and more order consequences, cascading effects, and unseen and foreseen outcomes, he writes. As Devin Pohl explains in his column, The Great Reset, merely represents a repackaging of the old globalist agenda, which has, has been stuttering over the last decades. Now, let me, let me, let me tell you what this is really saying. They're telling you, not that they did a good job, but that they want to start over. Like, really understand what this is, shutting things down like this, shutting down businesses, engaging in censorship, curating content, manipulating information, engaging in social engineering, 
This is the technocracy, and to a degree, we are already forms of a transhuman. Sad truth. We're not cyborgs, but we're proto-borgs, you know? The things that come before the borgs. They want, that's why they want to get these chips in you. That's why they want to make it seem cool. You have to understand. We, this is not a normal time. Let me say it one more time. That's why Joe Biden's not the normal candidate. When he's got all these, 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 these foreign powers behind him and we're doing this whole social political reformation thing, this, this, this rediscovering of nationalism versus uh, globalism, which will develop as regionalism. Look, look, look at what I'm explaining to you. This is the paradigm shift. This is it. This is, this is why all this stuff is so, so crazy. This is the externalization of the hierarchy. This is them overriding the old world order. Again, a, a perfect example is this. We just passed thanks, or Halloween. Thanksgiving's running up on us, and they're already saying they're going to shut down Christmas because of COVID. Now, what this is is cancel culture. What this is is creating lockdown culture. We went, we went over this beforehand. But again, this is the technocratic elite. This is them ruling by fiat and dictate. That's why this is so crazy. But think about this. I, I, I don't think it really kind of dawned on people. And I went over this again last week. <laughs> or this week, really. I don't think it really dawns on people what censoring the president means. It happened just last week. Uh, let me see if I can go ahead and get this clip up for you guys, and we'll, we'll, we'll continue on. It happened last week, this week, and more, uh, but check this out. Well, we're interrupting this because what the President of the United States is saying, in large part, is absolutely untrue. He began, in, in, and we're not going to allow it to keep going because not true. He began with there were illegal there were legal votes and if they only count the legal votes I easily win. If they count the illegal votes, they're trying to steal the election. There is not a scintilla of evidence that this is true. None. There's only words here. No truth. He said the pollsters knowingly got the polls wrong to create voter suppression. There is no evidence of any kind that this has happened, and he's provided none. He said that they were, there is actually a red wave in this election. That is categorical. Now, it doesn't matter what you think about Trump. Everybody has the same right to say whatever. And I can say, you could say, oh, he's inciting his supporters to carry out violence and stuff like this. Let me, let me pull back from all that type of talk. And really say, if our own president can't speak in his own country, who is running the country? That's why we're talking about this on the, off of the heels of the, techno, tech, the, tech, the technocrats, Klaus Schwab, and the global, uh, the global, the, the, the great reset in the World Economic Forum. If Donald Trump cannot even speak in his own country, you think about this, it's going to happen to you. It's going to happen to me too, no doubt. But if our so-called elected president cannot even speak in his own country who's running things and check this out too here's the here's another thing that happened just last week don't worry we'll get caught up to this week as well this happened last week as well facebook deletes stop the steel group and forces emergency limiting protocols post-election 
they're, they're just saying that they're engaging in the censorship. This is what we talked about leading up until this point. Knowing full well that Mark Zuckerberg to do this, that he would censor the people. Stop the group, I think, at uh, 270 or 350,000 followers, likes, that many people engaged. And now you have nationwide rallies taking place. This is by Sophia Mann over there at Just the News, not the news. They put this up November 6th. It says, days after the 2020 national elections, Facebook is enforcing emergency policies that, he, that executives at the big tech company have previously described as, quote, great glass options, according to the Wall Street Journal. Late on Thursday, the company began implementing measures that it said were designed to stop the spread of false information that could lead to unrest in the aftermath of the elections, including the presidential race between President Biden or President Trump and Democrat Joe Biden, which as of Friday remains undecided. A group called Stop the Steal that was organizing protests as vote-counting facilities across the nation was removed Thursday from Facebook prior to the emergency enforcements going into place. Now you think about that. What these people are saying is we're not going to allow you to congregate on our platforms. We're not going to allow you guys to have open discussion. We're not going to allow you to have content and just ask questions. No, you can go do that someplace else. This is why it's imperative that you guys help us join and, 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 and be a part of this Telegram channel for one. But also tell us what you're interested in as we make these developments because we're running and gunning right now. I'm surprised that we're still even here. If you want the truth, I'm extraordinarily surprised that we are still able to operate. They're probably using us for some type of model, but I mean, my God, think about this. Our, our country, and this is why I was saying this earlier, our country has been successfully traumatized, radicalized, brainwashed, now indoctrinated, subdued, and brought into a, a, a position of pacification where they have no idea what's going on. They just want orange man out of there. They don't care about the rule of law. They don't care about what they're inheriting and what they're asking for. They just want it all to be quiet. Look at this. Look at this. This article from Global Research by Andrew Koribiko. It says, don't fall for the PSYOP. Biden's not officially the president-elect. At least not yet. And think about this. That's why it's very important. A projection versus a, de a declaration is much different. And we talked about this again leading up into this moment that Biden said he would assert control. That's why he's trying to seem official as he uh, uh, begins to meet with world leaders and foreign leaders. Having an office of the president-elect, like that's, that's brand new. While the votes are still being tallied. That's what's, again, so, so, so mind-blowing about all this. Uh, I kind of want to, you know, here's, here, here's what I'm going to do instead. We're going to read a little bit of this, and then I want to read some of the information, or I'll just go over quick uh, election news and results and stuff like that, because the votes are still being tallied. I myself have an official piece of, uh, an authentic piece of fake news, the same way that they printed off Madam President magazines of Hillary Clinton on Time Magazine and stuff like that is the same way that I have newspaper articles of President Joe Biden. Let's get into this. Let's get into this. It says a massive PSYOP was launched across the world after the mainstream media's projection that Biden would, be, would become the president-elect deceived average folks and foreign governments alike into thinking that the U.S. contentious 2020 elect presidential election has finally concluded. But the existing and forthcoming litigation from the Trump team might change the final tally in key battleground states 
and in turn influence how the Electoral College votes in the middle of next month since it's this institution, not the media or the popular vote which legally decides the presidency as per the Constitution. So let me go ahead and simplify that for you. When I told you that Donald Trump won the election, but the media and social media are going to give it to Biden, we are in that theory right now. Better yet, we're in that fact, reality, right now. That's why he is the projected winner and not the declared winner. You can go ahead and have as many insights and analysis and stuff as much as you want, but that's why they want to try to count the votes. That's why I tell you it's going to be dragged out for extended periods of time. And as Trump begins to gain uh, ground, that's when we're going to agitate the left, which is going to set them into a frenzy to probably go after voting centers and cause all kinds of other stuff like that. But uh, here, let me get back into this. We'll war game another time. Since most of the world fell for the massive psyop that was launched over the weekend after the mainstream media projected that Biden will become the president-elect. This dramatic declaration of factually false and deliberately, ignore, deliberately ignores the legal process for deciding the presidency as stipulated by the Constitution. Instead, relying on the masterful manipulation of carefully cultivated perceptions to craft the impression of a false accompany of a comply, despite the coup plotter's desired outcome not yet being legally certified. It's of the utmost importance to explain the latest development in this decades-long hybrid war of terror on America since the, quote, perception management method that's presently being perfected will almost certainly be employed in the future regime change operations across the world for the purpose of, delegate, of delegitimizing targeted incumbent governments and demoralizing their supporters after disrupted elections. Again, simplification, we're very surprised that a country... America, known for meddling in other people's elections, like what we try to do in Venezuela, are surprised that whenever a multitude of different countries come together to create a coalition, a Joe Biden-Harris administration, begin to manipulate our own elections. And that's where we are right now. That's why you have a controlled media bought, bought out by China and other, other, other aspects are, are, are propagandizing us. I mean, this is truly it. Now, with, with things like the Smith-Munt Act and more, we are heavily being psyoped. Again, people don't know what's real information. Uh, censorship, misinformation, fake news, you know, fact-checkers and all these things. It's like they're telling you, we're not censoring you, but are you fake news? We're not censoring you, but we're going to send the fact-checkers after you. We're not fake news, but we really think you should quiet down. We're not fake news, but we're going to take your page down. Think about this. We're in those days. We're in the days of disinformation when you have the media deploying misinformation. You know, this is a very, very lengthy article. I won't get into it. I wanted to just, you know, start getting into it uh, with you guys. But really think about what I'm trying to break down to you. That's why they're going to, they're going to draw this out. They don't want the truth coming out. They want people to go along with the lie and how this would stand to benefit them. What do you think about this? Check this out. I got one more. I got a quick video I want to play for you guys after this article. And we'll close out this segment. So censoring Donald Trump is, quote, more, da more dangerous to democracy than anything you could ever say. This is an article authored by Kit Knightley via OffGuardian.org, but the good folks over there at Zero Hedge, we posted it. It says oligarchs and social media giants are now claiming a monopoly on the, quote, truth, and that should worry everyone. 
They put this up November 9th. Hey, think about this. This, this. this goes back to what I was saying by censoring Donald Trump. They already put it on my page. When they say, oh, this is sensitive content. Are you sure you want to see it? Oh, this is fake news. Do you, do you want to see why? People should be allowed to think for themselves. This is the marketplace of ideas. This is what the First Amendment should represent. But whenever people are no longer able to freely express themselves and have freedom of expression, uh, free speech, you know, any of these types of things that exemplify people, you know, saying how they feel, just expressing themselves, whenever that is hindered or censored or manipulated, we no longer live in a free society. This is why our good friend Charles Casson of Truth is Terrorism chose that name, that in an empire of lies, truth is treason. They don't want the truth coming out. That's why they'll say everything he's saying is patently false, patently false, patently false, patently false. Well, everything can't be patently false. And this is the problem. Because whenever we begin to hang these designations and censor the truth, or even censor the very thought of dis discussing the truth, we lose it. There is the devil in the detail. We realize that we are being lied to at a certain level, but if we can't have that honest discussion and engage in it with civility, we don't live in a free society. Again, this is the breakdown of law and order. Looking and masquerading as if it's caring about you. That's why I'm saying that it includes politics, the social contract, and more communication. We're going into bondage. And as guests have said, if they've, as they've joined us on Instagram Live, they're, block, they're blocking your throat chakra by putting that mask on. And censoring is the same thing. Let's get into this article. It says that the media have called the election for Biden, but the counting goes on, and there is a legal case in the offing. But who emerges from this deluge of sludge, fraud, and propaganda to become the President of the United States? There has undoubtedly already been one big loser, freedom of speech. Late on Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning, Donald Trump, the elected President of the United States, emerged from the White House to make a speech. He accused the Democratic Party, the political establishment, the media, and tech giants, forward slash social media companies, of working together to steal the election and put Biden into the White House. We likely didn't see all of it because most of the mainstream news channels simply refused to broadcast it. Like Shep Shepard said, he said, we're just not going to play that for you. Yeah, everything the president is saying is patently false. Some people have also said, in good continence, countenance, I can't honestly play what the president's saying. This is that shadowy, unelected cabal telling you what you're allowed to hear. Like what Tim, uh, not, like what Tim Cook said, agreeing that they... Curate content. Continuing on, since earlier that night, MSNBC had to cut away from Trump's first speech claiming victory, with anchor Brian Williams claiming that it was, quote, not rooted in reality and, quote, dangerous. Social media companies were doing the same thing. Within hours of it being set up, Facebook deleted a group protesting the election results, while Twitter reduced the president's timeline to this. And for audio listeners, you guys can't see it, but it's just a series of tweets uh, where they're basically censored, saying if you want to see it, you can click right here. But they're governing his protest or pro his posts, not letting him have access to his full audience. Kind of like what's happening over here to our page, being shadow banned. Uh, but I guess this is what happens whenever Donald Trump doesn't speak up for the rest of us. He suffers from the very same thing. Continuing on, since this isn't about defending Donald Trump, we're even agreeing that the election was rigged, although there is plenty of evidence to suggest as much. This is about a principle 
Donald Trump is the elected head of state, and he is being denied a platform to address the people he represents by these faceless servants of a corporate media oligarchs. This is a terrible, terribly, terrifyingly awful precedent to set. The owners of Comcast or Warner Bros. or Disney or, Fe or Fedbook or Twitter are not elected officials. They have no legal authority and thus no accountability. Yet they are claiming the right to determine what, el what elected officials can and cannot say to the people who elected them. There is a strain of thought that this kind of censorship is justified. Quote, spreading disinformation puts lives at risk, they say. Quote, if the media stopped people lying, we wouldn't be in this mess. Well, quote, the news shouldn't be the only ones to broadcast the truth. The argument goes that, quote, allowing Donald Trump to publicly undermine our democratic institutions will erode the public trust and could lead to violence. But I would argue that empowering billionaires to hold a monopoly on the, quote, truth is far more dangerous to democracy than anything Trump could ever say. To the people inclined to disagree, I would leave these five questions and answer them if you can. Who made the decision to censor the elected president of the United States? Who granted them this power? Whose interests do they serve? In the future, who gets to decide, quote, the truth? And just last week, we had Ted, or just two weeks ago, wow, two weeks ago, we had Ted Cruz testifying, or at least trying to get uh, Jack Dorsey to testify to a large before Congress about election meddling. Who gave him the power? Who gave Jack Dorsey the power to censor people's information? This is the discussion of the First Amendment and your right to free speech. You being able to express yourself. It's not about 45. It's about whether or not we'll have the ability to express ourselves. And that's what we should really be concerned about. If we, if we live in a free and fair country, to where we can do these things. It's not, again, it's not about Donald Trump. It's about whether or not we're able to speak our piece. I want to play for you real quick a, a clip from our Telegram channel. <laughs> uh, our Telegram channel, which I'm very proud of already. Uh, I just want to say real quick, when you guys do join our Telegram channel, again, you get access to all the stuff without all the riffraff. You can see the videos that we put out there, you can get access to the articles really quickly. Again, you don't have to experience some of the, 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 the censorship, right? The shadow banning. There's not a whole bunch of likes and comments and stuff like that, but you're still able to get the, get the information directly, and that's what I appreciate. Uh, but let me go ahead and get this clip up for you guys, and then we'll close out this segment. Here is Tucker Carlson talking about people living in dictatorships and uh, how only people that live in dictatorships are told to accept the election outcome. Percentage of our population no longer believes that our democracy is real. That is sad, it is also dangerous. It can easily get worse. What we're doing in response is hardly the solution. It is making our country much more volatile. It is setting us up for something bad. In a democracy, you cannot ignore honest questions from citizens. You're not allowed. You can't dismiss them out of hand as crazy or immoral for asking. You can't just cut away from coverage you don't like. You can't simply tell people to accept an outcome because force doesn't work in a democracy. That's dictatorship. In a free society, you have to convince the public of your legitimacy. You have to win them over with reason. Democracy is always a voluntary arrangement. Telling voters to shut up is never enough. So in this case, tonight, there's only one way to lower the national temperature. Yes. 
You can't just tell people to shut up. You cannot just silence your opposition. It doesn't work like that. You have to explain your point of view, and that's where this great discussion of freedom comes from. That's why, in a weird way, I'm very glad that these things are taking place because the fraud is so overt that it forces us to begin to have a conversation on what the heck is going on. Look at how corrupt these things are. Are we going to allow it to persist? This is the technocracy rising. This is them externalizing the hierarchy, talking about what they're going to do as they steal the election and what they're going to replace it with. A shadowy, unelected cabal telling you what you can and cannot say. These are the new community guidelines for the real world. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about in depth more of the political escalations that we've been seeing. Uh, Mike Pompeo saying that he predicts a, quote, smooth transition to a second Trump administration, as well as a former Obama admin, admin official saying that Biden's already talking to foreign leaders. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has been making the rounds of news, asking for people to step up. She's going to leave politics, apparently, if people don't step up their rhetoric on the left. We're seeing a lot of crazy things take place, and I'm very interested to see where it's going to take us. Fascism, socialism, nationalism, you know, it's all happening. Communism, it's all the capitalism, globalism, it's all out there. And this is where we're going. This is the technocracy rising. This is the new world order. And we're going to be talking about political escalations on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. In a world where secret powers are in play, where nothing is as it seems, one brand of clothing gives Crusaders of Truth a voice. One brand in the fight against terror, deceit, and destruction. We are not merchants of fear. We are not a parody of free thinkers. It was almost like they ignored it because they wanted it to happen. Think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat. This season, get ready to awaken the masses. Forget the politicians. Politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. Forbidden clothes. Because if you know, you know. what's going on around you are in a state of war and you have precious little time to save yourself it's a slow process which we call active measures the first stage being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. The next stage is destabilization. What matters is essentials. Economy, foreign relations, 
defense systems. The next stage is crisis with a violent change of power, structure and economy, period of normalization. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C. who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfilled or not. Time bomb is ticking. With every second, the disaster is coming closer and closer. The danger is real. Owen Schroyer, Gavin McGinnis, proud boy for life, God my witness, Mark Levin, Dan Bonzino, you do business, Diamond and Silk, and Candace Owens, Kanye West, standing with you while the flag is blowing, across the pond, you're Paul Jones and Watson, homie, you're the bomb like jihadis in Boston, pun intended, so don't get offended, you snowflakes, safe space, fondless dependents, I'ma work my bloody hands at the bone, while you dream about the day that you could get Roger Stone, the deep state and You did a lot of things you regret Bill Clinton flying up in that Lolita Express Trump. You're not a bigot if you wear a MAGA hat and get jumped. You're not a sexist if your girl makes you breakfast. You're not a privileged white male. Just ignore the idiot leftists. This is where my family fought to survive. Where they thrive with the immigrants who work till they died. And they never had a beef with any temp 
people a tribe This is media controlling your minds Together We will make America strong again We will make America wealthy again We will make America proud again We will make America safe again And yes, together We will make America great again Don't tread on me, I won't tread on you Cut me, I bleed red, white and blue Homegrown and down to get dirty I'm a mean side with my old 30-30 Brother, we can get it if you cross that line You can take a look at my American mind Fly over, drop it right on top And right boys, stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because. Welcome back. Yeah. You, you know, um, we're totally self-funded. I think that's maybe the way to say it like our exclusive members and some of the sales and the promos that we have on the page are kind of what fund us. And then, you know, hustles and side, side things that I do over here on the side, we are entirely self-funded. We grind. And um, I'm very proud of what we've, what we've evolved into, what we've discussed from the economy to uh, biology to sociology to so many different things are discussed over here on this show that this is, uh, it, it's a, very interesting, this show of ours. Very, very interesting. You know, we had uh, one of our followers or one of our guests join us on our Instagram live this week. Um, I think she was like French and Greek. And she made a, a wonderful comment about our post style, how we put out our content, and how we don't really put out a lot of riffraff and a lot of nonsense. We, we, we really do try to look at cool reality. Uh, and I say that because we don't have time for all the fluff. This is this is why you don't see me posting about oh election fraud here, vote, vote voter fraud here. Oh, uh, here's here's numbers over here. You know I don't I don't do all that because that's the same way that I didn't start posting all these COVID deaths numbers and stuff like that. That's all meant to design. That's all designed to radicalize you and make you get caught up in the numbers and kind of kind of kind of get lost, you know, in between the trees. To me, you don't realize that that's not where you're supposed to be. And so when I tell you that I'm proud of us being self-funded and being able to discover this, this type of mindset, this type of ideology, 
uh, and to form this, just being like a one-man army op- operation over here, putting all this stuff together, that, that should be a, 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 a testament to every single person that's listening right now, now and in the future, to what one person can do and the amount of impact you can have based on, consistent, on, on consistency. I was saying earlier today that my morals will be my downfall. And, uh, you know, that could be true. When you look at all these vaccines and microchips and uh, the social credit score system, the mark of the beast style stuff, kicking people out of society and crap like that could be my downfall. Uh, But this is the world that we have. And if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for everything. And so for the fact that we are still being able here to operate post-election with all this censorship going on uh, and still able to, 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 to grow because of your guys' continued interest and support and engagement uh, and indulgence of all my little nonsense, it truly is a testament, and I'm very, very grateful. I'm humbled to still be here in this capacity, and I say that all the time, but it really should mean something because I am one man, but I do represent you guys whenever I do all this. And that is an interesting, an interesting thought that we'll discuss another time. Uh, but with that being said, let's start getting let's start getting into this this segment. Political escalations. Earlier this week, some stuff happened, and I'm gonna tell you about it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, earlier this week, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says that he predicts a quote smooth transition into the second Trump administration. He's like, Mitch, look, listen, I'm getting phone calls from people all over the world. They're seeing this go down. They understand this election takes time. And I, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. There will be a smooth transition to a second Trump administration. All right, we're ready. The world is watching what's taking place here. We're going to count all the votes. When the process is complete, there'll be electors selected. There's a process. The Constitution lays it out pretty clearly. The world should have every confidence that the transition necessary to make sure that the State Department is functional today, successful today, and successful with the president who's in office on January 20th, a minute afternoon, will also be successful. I went through a transition on the front, and I've been on the other side of this. I'm very confident that we will do all the things that are necessary to make sure that the, the government, the United States government, will continue to perform its national security function as we go forward. Do so you believe there's widespread voter fraud, that the reports that we're getting from Pennsylvania, from Michigan, showing vote totals and massive leads or significant leads with 99% reporting are going to be overturned and that the United States failed to conduct a fraudulent free election? Rich, I'm the Secretary of State. I'm getting calls from all across the world. These people are watching our election. They understand that we have a legal process. They understand that this takes time. Right, it took us 37 plus days in an election back in 2000. We conducted a successful transition then. I'm very confident that we will count and we must. Every legal vote, we must make sure that any vote that wasn't lawful ought not be counted. That dilutes your vote if it's done improperly. Got to get that right. When we get it right, we'll get it right. We're in good shape. We're, 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 we're in good shape. Smooth transition to a second Trump administration. <laughs> he says it with such confidence that it does worry me. What do you have up your sleeves? I'm just going to go ahead and pull up some quick Instagram information. 
This is uh, information and results on the 2020 election. I'll, I'll go ahead and read a little bit of this, and then uh, I'll, I'll get back into that previous article. But here, check this out. Updated three days ago. Wow, what happened? You guys were so on the key and on the money. And now that all this stuff's coming in, they're having to backtrack. Uh, this is the, in, the Instagram Voting Information Center. They said that the projected presidential winner was, of course, Joe Biden. Uh, they updated it three days ago. Right now, he has a total of 279 electoral votes, with Trump having 217. Uh, the House have won, the, the, the Republicans have won the Senate. Uh, you've got the Democrats, the Democrats running the House at uh, 218 with the majority. And so, oh, updated four minutes ago. Hmm. And so you have Instagram already saying that Joe Biden is the projected winner. That's what they expected. But... Whenever Trump does get reelected, and he will, if he gets re- if he gets reelected, I think there's a whole other conspiracy surrounding all that. I don't know if we have time for it, but what's going to happen is that gonna, that's going to agitate people because you do, you cannot you cannot give people who have been emotionally compromised for this long the truth. All you're going to do is agitate them, upset them, aggravate them, and. <laughs> I hope I'm trying to make it clear to you what's going to happen. These are this is this is not going to be something uh, quick and easy, quick and dirty. You get me. This is going to be something that's going to be drawn out, and it's going to have some consequences. But real quick, I want to briefly go over here to our new Telegram channel uh, and pull out this article from Now the End Begins. I think it's going to be very, very interesting and very, very telling. Go ahead and just boop, click that. Again, if you guys join our Telegram channel, you can get access to all this information very quickly. It's not as conveniently organized as our Instagram channel, uh, but Telegram has this feature where we can send videos, uh, photos, links. We can upload stuff, do polls. I really do like it, but I can also understand why people want us to continue working on Instagram. Uh, But here, let me go ahead and get this article up for you guys. It comes from Now the End Begins. They put this up. When did they put this up? Uh, November 11th is by Jeffrey Ryder, and it says black. It says trained Marxist and Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors sends message to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Quote: We want something for our vote. Bribery and extortion. We want something for our vote. Let's go ahead and start getting into this. Basically, calling on the so-called fake Biden administration to begin calling in the vote. They rallied up behind Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, supposedly, <laughs> and now they're coming home to roost. What do you think is going to happen? What do you, you think is going to happen whenever Black Lives Matter and Antifa figure out that they have a falsely elected president, a fraudulently elected president, only projected to them by their, their gods in the media, by mommy media and daddy government, manipulated like that? What type of stuff do you think is going to happen? Let's let's get into this. It says, oh, you quote Christians who voted for Joe Biden. You're some special kind of stupid, aren't you? We warned you night and day in hundreds of articles packed with facts and bathed in tears to not allow globalist Joe Biden and his Marxist roommate Kamala Harris to get into power. We warned you. We begged you. And you didn't listen. And you voted for these despicable pro-abortion, baby-killing, pro-child transgender advocates who were beholden to Antifa and Black Lives Matter domestic terrorist groups. We even played the clips of Kamala Harris telling you 
threatening you that the quote riots will not stop even after election day and you did not listen quote but this is your hour and the power of darkness Luke chapter 22 verse verse 52 goes on to say that it was bad enough that black lives matter had received over wow uh $100 million in funding in 2020 alone, and it was bad enough that Joe Biden refused to condemn the nearly, the nearly $3 billion done in damage. Well, three the $3 billion done in damage across the cities in America's riots. It was bad enough that Kamala Harris supports the most radical of radical agendas across this country has ever been faced with. And it was bad enough that both she and Biden have made a deal with the devil in seeking Black Lives Matter for support. Now, as Biden and Harris are on the brink of taking office, the devil is preparing to extract and, ex and extract his payment for that support. The very support that, quote, Christians across America gave to make this happen. The support that you gave them. Think about this. I'm just going to, I'm going to go ahead and skip forward to the doom and gloom <laughs> and just read to the article real quick. It comes from the blaze. It says Antifa and Black Lives Matter soldiers have turned Portland into a long part co-founder patrice colors wants to meet with the pair to begin the immediate work of black liberation since black lives matter co-founder patrice colors has sent a letter to democratic presidential nominee joe biden and running mate kamala harris after several media outlets declared them the winners in the election against president donald trump and vice president mike pence telling the democrats that quote we want something for our vote quote we are requesting to meet with both with you both to discuss the expectations that we have for your administration and the commitments that must be made to black people, Colors wrote, declaring that, quote, we want something for our vote. The letter was signed by Patrice Colors, quote, on behalf of the Black Lives Matter Global Network and began congratulating Biden and Harris on their reported victory before setting out demands for the group's agenda. We want something for our vote. Think about that. We voted for you. Now hurry up and pay. <laughs> we did what you said. Hurry up and give us what you want. And that's crazy. They're the projected winner by the media. That very same media is refusing to talk about election meddling and everything else on Hunter Biden's laptop. Very convenient. But now you have bribery and extortion on a political level where we are being held hostage. What do you think they want? I mean, they had to remove the dissolving of the nuclear family off of their, their, their public page. What do you think they could want underneath a Biden-Harris administration? Joe Biden with the, with the crime bill from the 50s, or I mean from the 90s, and Kamala Harris literally giving black people three times the sentence rate Think about this. What do you think they could want working with Black Lives Matter? I guess I can't help but think of when the government gets involved with liberation, all that can mean is just more enslavement. The very same way they think they care about my health. And now they have us wearing face masks in the middle of heat waves. Yeah, here. Anyway, let's continue on with the episode, talking about more of this uh, political escalation. Some more strange things happen. You have a former Obama official admit admitting that Biden was already talking with foreign leaders. Now, I talked about this briefly tongue-in-cheek on this week's Instagram Live, how uh, Mexico and China both won't necessarily congratulate 
Joe Biden will work with Biden because he's not the declared winner. As Secretary of State Mike Pompeo already said, these things take time. Our whole country, our whole, the whole world's watching. And they'll get it right. And when they do, they'll upset a lot of people. And there are foreign leaders that are going to continue to come back and talk business whenever all this stuff gets cleared. But that doesn't mean that it won't stop Joe Biden and his administration and the shadowy bureaucrats from already working on these things. Let's play this clip and then continue on. That's right, Nicole. And transitions are set up to be the most efficient way possible to hand over this massive apparatus of the U.S. government from one president to another. And that means you have to do several things at once. Part of it is, yes, mapping out personnel changes from cabinet secretaries to the several thousand political appointees that need to be filled to the White House staff itself. But also you have to get ready for your policy agenda from day one. So they have these landing teams that go into the different departments and agencies, literally teams of people who would be normally working out of the State Department or HHS, trying to get a handle on what's the state of play here? Uh, what's the latest on the virus that's in the U.S. government that we need to know about as we're making our plans so that we can have as seamless a transition as possible to January 20th. And, and this is an effort to kind of slow down those gears. But here's the thing. This is going to happen anyway, Nicole. Uh, the Trump people seem to be talking like they have some agency here. We're going to have a pageantry already of the president-elect announcing his advisory board. He's going to start announcing cabinet secretaries. The center of political gravity in this country and the world is shifting to Joe Biden. Foreign leaders are already having phone calls with Joe Biden talking about the agenda they're going to pursue January 20th. If that reality hasn't sunk in yet for some people in the White House, it will sink in when they have to leave on January 20th. And they're going to be in for rude awakening here. I remember I was on the, the incoming side where I felt the spotlight shifting to us in 2008. And I was on the outgoing side in 2016 when it was shifting away from us to Donald Trump. That's just going to happen regardless of what they do. If the question is how much damage do they do? How much do they slow down that efficient transfer? How much do they sow seeds of, of doubt or whether this is a legitimate result to their supporters? But they cannot affect the basic story here. And the basic story is that Joe Biden won, Donald Trump lost, and Joe Biden's going to be hiring a team and getting ready to take over the government on January 20th. They can make that more difficult for him, but they can't stop it. They can't stop that, but the truth that's right, Nicole. And transitions are set up to be the most efficient way possible to hand over this. Interesting statements from former deputy, former deputy national security advisor Ben Rhodes. Very, very interesting. Biden's already talking with foreign leaders. Doubtful. Probably the very same foreign leaders that he's already compromised with. You gotta think about this, man. This is very sophisticated. This mask thing is very divisive. And the very same divisiveness will be with these presidencies. Like I've been saying, it's gonna be like a pick your own reality, choose your own reality type thing. Where are you gonna go? You're gonna follow this administration, you're gonna follow that administration. Yeah, there there is an effective transfer of power, and I'm sure we may or may not see that go down. But the votes still have to be counted. Votes still have to be tallied. They're already doing recounts. Lawsuits are being, being filed. This is going to draw stuff out. So that transition of power can't take place because of the legal ramifications in between. That's why I, I foresee some other crazy and chaotic events taking place sometime around December, start of January. But speaking of political escalations, let me go ahead 
it starts talking about this. I think it's very interesting because we have another article dealing with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez that talks about this type of escalation. Uh, AOC has threatened to leave politics if the Democrats don't move further left, an article written by Baxter Dimitri over their news parts that put this up November 9th. And think about this. They're set, and, 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 I, and I've been saying this throughout, again, the breakdown of law and order, you know, how there's escalations on the right side, escalations on the left. You got the alt-left, the alt-right, all these things just popping up because these are not your, your regular Democrats. These are not your, your regular Republicans. This isn't just like cons uh, uh, conservatives and liberals. This is something else. This is communism and fascism and socialism and all of these isms, man. There are people, and that's why, again, you're going to have wartime conservatism where people have to begin to exemplify these values in a completely different way. But you have, again, AOC demanding that people step up. Free health care, free education, free housing, free all this stuff unaware of the economic impacts of this stuff like this is this is this it's, it's going to be very interesting let's let's read this and then we'll continue on it says socialist representative alexandria castro cortez has threatened to quit politics if the democratic party doesn't no, does not move even more further to the left just hours after mainstream media has anointed joe biden as president-elect ocasio-cortez seems to be having some type of meltdown aoc told the new york times that she could consider quitting politics if Democrats continue to be hostile towards progressive causes. She also, quote, might quit politics, according to The Independent. She stated that, quote, I genuinely don't know. I don't even know if I want to be in politics. You know, for real, in the first six months of my term, I didn't even know if I was going to run for re-election this year. Perhaps indifferent about the fact that the presidential election seems to have swung in her favor since there was no, quote, blue wave. AOC said this weekend that Democrats who lost House seats, quote, relied too heavily on outdated... Democratic National Committee campaign tactics, according to Fox News. She called those who lost seats, quote, sitting ducks and refuted them and refuted the claim that some Democrats thought the ideas of defunding the police and the Green New Deal cost moderates their seats and made the presidential race extremely close. AOC told the New York Times in an interview that, quote, our party isn't even online, not in a real way that exhibits competence. And so, yeah, they were very vulnerable to these messages because they weren't even on the mediums where these messages were most potent. Sure, you can point to the message, but they were also sitting ducks. They were sitting ducks. She continued on saying that, quote, there's a reason Barack Obama built an entire national campaign apparatus outside the Democratic National Committee. And there's a reason that when he didn't activate or continue that, he lost House majorities, because the party, in and of itself, does not have the core competencies and, not, and no amount of money is going to fix that. Now think about this. You got to understand we're in, the, we're in the world these days of backwards thinking. She's saying that she'll leave politics only to rally more support. She's one of those celebrity politicians causing as much chaos as she can. She's not going to leave politics. She knows she loves the spotlight. But what she's doing as she's throwing that temper tantrum is talking about what's going to happen after she gets a little bit more clarity. She's not stepping down. She's radicalizing. She's intensifying. She is now actually calling for a list of Trump supporters so they can be held accountable for their behavior. An article written by Baxter Dimitri over there at your newswire. They put this up November 10th. And think about this. I, I, I know I keep saying that. But think about these things. Think about how monumental this is. 
in the days of censorship, in the days of fake news and misinformation, of wandering mobs of unemployed people smashing and burning buildings, people waiting to be activated for, for, for riots and protests. Think about this. You've got Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez saying this, quote, is anyone archiving these Trump sycophants for when they're trying to downplay or deny their complicity in the future? I foresee decent probability of many deleted tweets, writings, and photos in the future. She put this up November 6th. Think about this. Archiving Trump tweets. Mind you, I've already had Pokemon cards made of me, fake Fedbook accounts, uh, email hacks, censorship, shadow banning, all kinds of stuff that has taken place to me simply for trying to talk about this stuff and post it on social media. Could you imagine what would happen if they began to activate people? Like, really think about this, because we are in those days, the days of false flagging. But she's asking to create an enemies list to take down her opposition. I remember going over it a couple of weeks ago with you guys, a former Twitter head executive talked about lining up the opposition and fire and shooting them. This is where we're at. We literally have elected officials saying we need to hold people accountable for their behavior. But her saying that, you know, we, we need to eat to babies uh, to lower climate change. We don't need to hold her accountable for that. Think about this. It says, so, I'll, I'll go ahead and get into this article. It says, Socialist Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was hit with backlash after a tweet in which she suggested people should make a list of Trump supporters so they can be held accountable for her behavior. Quote, is anyone archiving these Trump sycophants for when they try to downplay or deny their complicity in the future? She wrote in a chilling tweet on Friday. I foresee the decent probability of many deleted tweets, writings, photos in the future. AOC continued. After getting hit with criticism, the congresswoman issued another tweet scoffing at Republicans for getting upset at the idea of being responsible for their behavior. Quote, LOL at the party of personal responsibility being upset at the idea of being responsible for their behavior over the last four years, she added. Political Insider reports that it didn't escape anybody's understanding that other major socialists and communists, Joseph Stalin, for example, used to keep lists of their political enemies as well. Particularly outraged was conservative radio host Mark Levin. Quote, call me bastard wants to create an, en an enemies list, Levin tweeted. Fox News contributor Lisa Booth knocked Ocasio-Cortez as, quote, insane. Former congressional candidate Catalina Loff fired back at AOC for, quote, threatening people against their First Amendment rights. You know you've gone too far when Whoopi Goldberg, co-host of The View, opposes creating a list of your political enemies. My last time people did this, people ended up killing themselves. This is not a good idea, okay? Listen, your, your idea of who you don't want to work with is your personal business. Do not encourage people to print out lists because the next list that comes out, your name will be on and then people will be coming after you. No one. You, we, nobody. We had something called the blacklist and a lot of really good people were accused of stuff. Nobody cared whether it was true or not. They all, they were accused. Yeah. And they lost their right to work. You don't have the right 
In this country, people can vote for who they want to. That is one of the great rights of this country. You don't have to like it, but you, we don't, we don't go after people because we don't like who they voted for. We don't go after them that way. We can talk about it. We don't go after people because of who they voted for. We don't make lists. That's some socialist, communist bullshit right there. And I'm sorry to use that type of language, but it's got to be known. This is what I mean by political escalations. The same way that we're playing clips for you of them say, uh, of, of, of people leaving uh, notes on people's doors saying, you have been identified as a Trump supporter. When the Civil War kicks off, we are coming for you. Think about this type of behavior. Greenlighting that type of behavior is grounds for, I would think, impeachment, deposement. You can't do that. Incitement, right? You have people in Australia going to jail for literally trying to organize a protest. But Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez can say, let's make a list to hold Trump supporters accountable. And everybody thinks that's the cat's meow. I'm going to play for you guys real quick this quick clip that I really keep mentioning time and time again, angry leftists send letters to Trump supporters threatening to burn down their homes if Trump wins. And then we'll continue on with another political escalation. This is the type of behavior that I'm trying to highlight to you guys. This is the type of behavior that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez apparently condones. We'll play this, and then we'll continue on. But this is, this is again, just more of that political escalation and the insanity that has to be called out on both sides. Come on now. Okay. We're going to refresh this. Try it one more time. I was trying to, I was trying it was because I was trying to do a whole thing. If I would have just, just continued, it, it wouldn't be doing this. But, uh, angry leftists send letters threatening to burn down homes. Dear neighbor, you have been identified by our group as being a Trump supporter. This is the letter mailed to the home of Kelly, a Milford resident who wished to be identified only by her first name. Your address has been added into our database as a target for when we attack should Trump not concede the election. The anonymous author goes on to say they hope Kelly's home insurance has fire coverage. I was very taken back. Milford police say this same letter was mailed to other homes that have signs supporting President Trump. The department is now investigating and has contacted the Attorney General's office. This is my home. You know, you're not supposed to threaten my home. So yeah, I am. I'm very cut off. I'm very worried in the sense that, you know, this is going on in my town. But it's not just Milford. Two people in Brookline also received a letter. I was kind of quite shocked that, that anybody would send a, a letter out with that type of threat. Police Chief Bill Quigley alerted the U.S. Postal Inspection Service and says whoever is behind the letters could face serious charges. Not only with us with a criminal threatening and it's on our phone, we love them because of the, 
the threat of uh, burning homes down and, and causing injury, but it can also be with the postal inspectors, something on the federal level. And Kelly says she really wanted to share this story to encourage other people who may have received this letter to come forward and contact their local authorities. Reporting in Milford, I'm Tim Callery, WM. Thanks, Tim. There you have it. So maybe that list that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is talking about is the one that Antifa supporters or whoever's out there saying we're going to burn your house down. Whoever's, like, again, who is telling these people to do this type of stuff? So this isn't some freak accident. This isn't some anomaly. This is an organized, subversive movement. And now you have Florida Governor Ron DeSantis moving to allow citizens to shoot looters and rioters targeting businesses. Now, before I get into this article by Nina Harris over there at Newsprint, whenever they put this up November 11th, think about this. You're literally telling people this is, this is again, the political escalation. The left are saying that we're going to make lists of Trump supporters. The right saying, okay, well, we're going to start giving people the ability to shoot you in, your, in, in, in their establishment, in their building. This is, again, that violent rhetoric manifesting itself. They say politics is downwind from culture. We have a very violent culture, and it's being greenlit. It's being, it's, it's, it's being glorified. Cal Rittenhouse did nothing wrong, right? Shooting three people at a protest, trying to run away from a mob of people. You tell me who's right or wrong. This is what happens when we have experienced so much turmoil and so much tension that it becomes normalized. This is the political escalation, and I'm very curious to see where this is going to go. But here, let me get into this article. It, uh, it says that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has drafted a, quote, anti-mob legislation that will allow ordinary citizens to defend their businesses. DeSantis' legislation expands the state's stand-your-ground law in response to the months of the far-left rioting in Florida and across the U.S. this summer. The legislation is an attempt to prevent, quote, violent and disorderly assemblies by permitting potentially fatal violence against anyone involved in the, quote, interruption or impairment of a business, according to the report by the Miami Herald. FoxNews.com reports that, quote, it allows for vigilantes to justify their actions. Sweet. A former Miami-Dade County prosecutor, Denise, or Dennis, Denise Georges, who was working, who, who has worked with standard guard cases, told the Miami publication, quote, it allows, to, it allows for the death to be the punishment for a property crime, and that is a cruel and unusual punishment. We cannot live in a lawless society where taking a life is done so casually and recklessly. The draft legislation also includes measures that would make protesting which disrupts the public by blocking traffic a third-degree felony. The law would also reportedly grant immunity to drivers who unintentionally kill or injure, prote injure protesters who are blocking traffic. Additionally, the law would allow the state to withhold funds from local governments that cut police budgets. DeSantis, an ardent, an ardent supporter of President Trump, who won in Florida by just over three points, reportedly submitted copies of the legislation to the state's Senate Committee on Criminal Justice and the House Judiciary Committee, according to emails obtained by the Miami Herald. Quote, it's clear that the Trump beauty pageant is still going on with governors and senators who all want to be the next Trump, Miami Beach Mayor Dan Gelber told the publication. And the governor is, is clearly a very good contestant. Gelber, a former federal prosecutor, was also a critic of the stand-your-ground law when it was first passed in 2005. DeSantis could not be immediately reached by Fox News 
for comment. And so there you have it. While you have AOC saying, we need to hold these Trump supporters accountable. Somebody needs to make a list. Ron DeSantis was like, well, you go ahead and try and come by here if you want. Get shot in your mouth. And that's where we have evolved to here in 2020. That's where we have progressed, if that's what you want to call it. With riots in, I think, like almost 49 out of 50 major cities, the majority of major cities this year, millions and billions of dollars of property damage, destruction taking place. The very idea of people standing up for themselves is like controversial. Oh my gosh, how, how dare it? People fighting back? You see, because in a country and in a time like that, like, like we find ourselves in, people just want to be held hostage. They just want to be threatened. They want to be bullied. They want to be virtue signaled into a corner to where, again, the very idea of you standing up for yourself is a bad thing. You know, here, let me go ahead and get this, this clip up out of here. Get this, uh, this article out of here. Another guest asked uh, earlier this week on the show why they were pro-gun even though their country didn't allow for them to be gun. Pro-guns. The best way I can describe or respond to this, this, this little compliment, this thought, this thought process, was to say that a gun simply represents what a sword represents, what an axe represents, what a bow represents, what a knife represents, well, apparently what a car can represent, is the idea of self-determination, self-governance, choosing to carve your own path and saying that my will will be followed. That's why they say, the one who lives in front of the gun lives forever. But a whole different discussion could be talking about who's willing the gun. What I'm trying to say is people need the right to defend themselves. And in a tyrannical, dictatorial government in which we find ourselves creeping into, the very idea that people should be able to protect themselves shouldn't be controversy, controversial. It should be a necessity. This is why we have the Second Amendment, so that we can use guns, not, only, not, not, not just in our... In, in an act of self-defense, right? But to reclaim ourselves, our sovereignty against a tyrannical government because this is how history works. It's very quickly that a government can turn into an empire because it can become greedy. But that's the problem, is they have now turned us against one another instead of turning us against the system. The system should work for us. But now, again, you have Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez saying that the system needs to look out for these specific types of people. The system needs to look out for these Trump supporters. And if the system won't, somebody else does. Do you see the dangerous days that we're entering into? The mindset that's being encouraged? It's the, the, the left and the right. These are two birds. Two wings of the same bird. Do you see? It should never be us against one another. It should be us against the system. Something that's designed to rob us of our rights. And if we play more of their games, they're going to win. This is the political escalation. Saying, yeah, no, you should make lists of people that oppose your views. And if anything, burn their houses down. But if those people come to your house, you have the every legal right to shoot them. I know that kind of sounds wild. But I also hope it makes sense. This is so crazy. But this is 2020. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be getting into the global consequences 
not just the regional or the national, but the global consequences of COVID-19, the global consequences of the political escalation, the technocracy rising, the social engineering, and the mental manipulation. We'll be talking about COVID-19 and how it could have sparked, how it could spark World War III. And they're very right. Uh, kids regressing due to the COVID-19 lockdown restrictions and the Space Force creating an orbital warfare unit. And now it has its own spaceship because that all happened. That's a part of the technocracy as well, but this is what's happening because we are now a global community. Uh, this and more is on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. Taken over the Democratic Party. Food supplies have been completely wiped out. We have our evacuation of all counties. I report complete devastation. We have a giant forces in this world that remind us of how fragile we are. We thought we were safe. We thought it could never happen to us. Then life like a fog descends upon us, blanketing our memories. Through the haze we travel its hidden paths, lost in its secret places. And when the storm, turbulent and immovable, forces us to shelter, we remember. to us, calls us back, back to the ports and the harbors of our past. We fight the currents that pull and drag us off course, not a light or star to chart the way. And when we arrive, we don't always know it at first, the places we once loved guised by time. Then we see it, the place we've been trying to get back to. Safe at last, we've found our way home.
what are we nuts? Dead, dead, dead. You know. Come on, man. Give me a little break here. Get a life. Taking cocaine or not? What do you think? Huh? Come on, man. Black, white, all colors, all backgrounds. What I mean. Come on, man. Men, women, gay, straight. Everyone deserves a shot. You know. Come on, man. You don't think. You know what I mean. You don't think. You know what I mean. said i got that 200 dollars mic man and yeah, that thing's super powerful but i think i need to get better equipment to get it working uh i don't want to say i'm a 50 dollars kind of mic guy or an 80 dollars type of mic guy I don't, I don't have my blue yeti here what is this exovan i got my exovan mic and my dremora my drimbo uh mixer i think this is a good f configuration for us you know, um, I'm just being silly, as I typically do around the third segment. You know, I got a lot of things to take care of this weekend, from uh, from appearances to rallies to protests uh, to a lot of stuff, man. You know, operations such as our own. I think people are quickly beginning to understand the usefulness and the utility that we do have, uh, and why this does have. Why this does have to be done with like a certain level of responsibility, and why you guys reluctantly see me embrace that because I know what I know what's required of me, and I know what more has to get done. Uh, I just don't want to do it sometimes because I'm hoping that other people will. And the sad part is, is nobody else will. A lot of people get caught up on silly things, and that's okay for them. But we're not here for that. What we are here to do is to give you that again that deep, comprehensive view on what's taking place and what you can do to kind of prevent it, and what's required of us in the future. Now, to, to, to really war game stuff, you know, this is why I don't join up with groups, this is why I don't try to do a lot of different things. I try to operate as an independent, I guess, agent or contractor, uh, a person. I represent myself. Because, again, you have to see the power of the one and how whenever you step forward into, like, a greater collective and a greater community, you really do appreciate the individual things that you've done and what you're able to, what you're again just able to bring to the table. But if everybody's always pushing for a collective, always trying to join up with other people, always trying to, you know, just, just be a follower, no one's leading, no one's trailblazing, no one's setting a path. You know, and so 
from our hiccups to our censorship to our shadow banning to you know our mic glitches to our, our our terminated interviews you know to all the things that we've experienced gang you know this this should just be such a beautiful lesson and what consistency looks like man in in today's society and the hurdles that everybody has to jump through you know from covid-19 to uh to real biological things you know cancer uh there's there's there's, there's, there's so much stuff that we've covered here on the show that it's not simply news that a lot of people tune into they don't tune in simply for my life they don't tune in simply for the political analysis or you know, the occasional moments that I have motivational speeches and things like that, they tune into the world. And that's what we try to present to you here, from my point of view, I suppose, uh, is the world. And that's what really we all should be having. But whenever we have a technocratic, dictatorial elite trying to curate content and censor what people are, are allowed to see, this world of ours gets so distorted. It gets blocked off. Um, and that's why I will fight for whatever you have to say till the death of me. Because even if I don't believe in it, I believe in your right to say it. This is the world that we live in. And with that being said, let's start this segment. Global consequences. Now, I left off in the previous segment basically talking about political escalation. How left is saying, oh, yeah, you should make lists of Trump supporters and people that oppose you. And the right is saying, well, you now have the right to shoot people if they come inside your building, your, your business. You won't be held accountable. Yeah, I, I talk about that, and I don't think it really sets or dawns on people. You know, it's the precedent of what that sets. Um, again, I just can't help but seeing the purge come from lockdown culture and from this COVID-19 stuff because... It's going to do damage to the to our economy. People can't live like this, um, and you're going to have again roaming mobs of unemployed people trying to burn stuff down because they need the resources. And I know that seems crazy, but it 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 really shouldn't. Something we've talked about here on the show, unfortunately, uh, throughout the entirety of 2020. But let's go ahead and start getting into these articles and these content right here. Very interesting article. Uh, General Sir Nick Caster or Sir Nick Carter says that COVID-19 could spark World War III. This is an article from uh, George Report Feed. They put this up November 9th. I'm going to read a little bit of this and try to explain it throughout the entirety of it. It's a very lengthy article. Uh, it made headlines across the world, but it's resource wars and more. Let's get into this. It says COVID could spark a third world war and an army of 30,000 robots could fight in the future, the UK's most senior military commander says. General Sir Nick Carter made the claims about the future of the British forces as he warned the economic fallout of the pandemic has made the prospect of World War III a risk. And the chief of the defense staff said that the country's 82,000-strong 82, army will begin to look different as it modernizes to face new and emerging threats, with, quote, robots potentially fighting on the front lines. Sir Nick made the comments when asked by Sky News in the run-up to Remembrance Sunday whether he feared the global economic crisis brought on by COVID could lead to war. He said he's worried the increase in regional conflicts playing out across the world could ramp up into a full-blown war, mirroring the run-up to the two world wars. The senior official argued that with the world being a, quote, very uncertain and anxious place during the pandemic, there was a possibility that, quote, you could see the escalation leading to miscalculation. Quote, we have to remember that history might not repeat itself but it has a rhythm. 
he said. If you look back at the last century before both world wars, I think it would be unarguable that there was escalation which led to the miscalculation which ultimately led to a war, a war at a scale with, at a, at a scale we would hopefully never see again. Asked whether he was saying there was a real threat of World War III, he replied, quote, I'm saying it's a risk we need to be conscious of. Those risks. It says that, uh, and that's why remembrance matters. Because if you look back at the history, hopefully you learn from their experience and you make sure that they're very cautious about how you manage these sort of regional conflicts and that we see playing out in the real world today. Asked about the future of the army, he said he wants a force, quote, designed for the 2030s, but admitted we won't get there overnight. And he said that the service will have, quote, all manner of different people employed, including robotics. Quote, nobody can predict the future or quite what the mix of technology will be necessary to achieve that, he said. We could have an army of 120,000 of, or of, of 30,000, maybe robots, who knows. We need to be open our, open our, we need to open our minds to numbers of personnel not determining where we're going. The official said remembrance is crucial as it will help heal the world and manage the type of conflict that will lead to the previous world war. So think about this. Robots, COVID-19, economic disruption. He didn't directly say that COVID-19 and the social economic disruptions caused by it would lead to world war, but that's exactly what it would do. You know, this is why when I, when I did my episode on my mini-cast on Zebellion, you could read those documents, the JLASS of 2018, where they wargamed into 2025, where they, where they would have a breakaway civilization, a group of Gen Z millennials, or Gen Zers, Zebellion, breaking away from society, stealing resources, to where it became such an issue that it had to be dealt with on a global scale. General Sir Nick Carter did not talk about how COVID-19 could lead to economic disruptions worldwide, which would lead to World War III, but he said that a miscalculation could lead towards that. There are a lot of different things on the table when it comes to talking about COVID-19. And so these lockdowns are more than just that. That's, again, a part of the Great Reset. Shutting us down, stopping excellency, getting us used to austerity, embracing poverty, making slavery cool again, right? getting into bondage. I'm not into that type of stuff. But think about this, gang. Think about how COVID could start it. The vaccines, are, 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 are people not getting them? Proper medicine, proper food, proper water, clean resources, right? Clean energy. Isn't that what Joe Biden said? He wants to shut down the oil and gas industry and begin these renewable technologies? Really think about what we're talking about with resource wars and all the other things that have gone down. You may have gone to the store, noticed that some of the items that you used to pay for that were extremely cheap, they might cost a couple extra bucks now. That couple extra bucks, that adds up over time. People aren't going to want that. This is the paradigm shift. This is the Great Reset. Who knows? Some people are saying that this is a good thing because it levels out everything. It brings us down to zero. We can start all over again. 
that is just the altruistic approach to global domination. And now you have a trucker strike in November that could be another nail in the coffin of the supply chain. I'm not going to play the clip for you because we'll get hit with copyright infringements, but it's the Stop the Tires movement taking place. That's right, or Stop the Tires truckers. Uh, it's kind of like the Stop the Steal rally, Stop the Steal for, for Donald Trump, but it's the Stop the Tires truckers rally uh, where you have more than 15,000 people coming together across the nation saying that we're going to stop trucking to show their support for Donald Trump. And on the surface, this seems like a good thing. But really think about it. Some places won't be getting food. Some people won't be getting their eggs. They won't be getting their milk. They won't be getting any of these things. That's why when I started this episode off, talking about how much usefulness my own little chickens had in my own community, I'm not supplying milk. I'm not supplying, you know, uh, uh, goods and stuff like this. This seems good on the surface because they're showing support for Trump. But do you see what these actions are going to do on a national scale? Have it. Some stores, some grocery stores, literally only have food for that day. They have to rely on the truckers to come in so the stockers and the packers can come in early in the morning, late at night, to stock those shelves. The truckers stop that. The people don't get their food. The people don't get their food. Those people get angry. That's why a lot of people are upset. That's why with these most recent protests over Walter Wallace Jr., we played the clip for you of people raiding Walgreens. People don't have the money to play in these games. A lot of people don't have money. A lot of people don't have food. This next article we're going to get into is of, 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 of British health experts calling for a meat tax when the majority of people are relying on, on, on food banks. This is something that we've talked about here on the show, unfortunately, time and time again. So shameless plug, go ahead and get you some My Patriot Supply Storable Goods because if you're not getting hit by inflation, you're going to get hit by rationing and food shortages. This is some very crazy stuff. And so I'm, I'm, I'm all in support of, you know, showing your support for America and showing your support for the office of the president and the, and the third, but just be very cautious. Uh, I, I, I think what I'm trying to say is I, I have mixed feelings about this. But this is an article by Daisy Luther over there at the Organic Prepper. They put this up November 9th. It says, rumor has it that a large number of independent truckers are planning multiple strikes in November during which they'll stop transporting. Well, they'll stop transporting everything. Considering that our supply chain is already in precariously bad shape, imagine the impact if the transport also came to a halt. Here's how it's being organized. There's a group on Fedbook, for now, called the Stop the Trials Truckers that is organizing the strikes. As, one of the writing, as, as of the writing of this article, more than 15,000 people have joined the newly formed group. Note that they are specifically asking truckers who transport medical supplies to not participate. Our message is simply and is simple and hopefully effective. We fully intend to exercise our rights and will not have politicians making crippling decisions that will negatively affect our future and the future of our children. President Trump has worked diligently for four long years to protect the rights and freedoms of all Americans and, very importantly, the blue-collar workers of this country. The blue-collar workers are literally the ones who make the wheels turn. Without truck drivers, this, truck, this country could not survive for long. Our intention is not to harm anyone. We would like to make a point that we do not wish for any companies or private truckers supplying any kind of medical advice and or services to participate in our movement. We will not participate in the leftist Biden-Harris Green New Deal. We do not support the banning of fracking. 
The United States of America operates as a capitalistic economy, and oil is the fuel she survives on. With this being said, we will stop all tires for 24 hours on Veterans Day. 11, 11, 20. Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah, if this is not effective and our leaders do not respect the blue-collar truck drivers or having to face domestic terrorism, primarily in Democrat-run cities all over the United States, and that we do not support the banning of fracking in any way, then we will have our second, our second stop of tires for four days full from, 11, from uh, November 26th to November 29th. Wow. So they had one already, and they're going to have another. So think about this. This is, I guess, I can't help but think of the 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 tightening, the loose tightening aspect, kind of like the lockdown, where they have one lockdown and they have another lockdown that's like even more severe. They say they shut down for a day, they shut down for four days, and I'm sure they'll have another one as well. Uh, but this is again to bring attention to people who are fully aware that their election, their electoral process is being stolen, and that their votes are being uh, thrown out the window. But there are more, there's even more aspects to this, again, that we went over beforehand, talking about the socioeconomic implications, how our supply chain is already being disrupted, and how this could be another nail in the coffin. Because when the, when, when the first world doesn't work, the third world dies. That's why we're going into like a completely different system. That's why we, it, it, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. That's why Klaus Schwab saying we're not going back to normal. We're, we're, we're seeing the glory days, the last few days of this great republic of ours. That's what 2020 basically is. We're going to look back on this time period and think, my God, we had it so well. We had it so good. Why, why, did, we do, why did we do this? My God, why did we do this? We're going to look back at this time frame. And just shake our shake our heads at the ignorance and the foolishness that we allowed to spread. Because think about this: even with those fires, this is it's, it's kind of trucker related. Uh, but even with those fires in California and Oregon, think about all the ash that burned out over those farms. Some of those things couldn't be salvaged because ash mixed with water turns into lye, makes it all like acidic. Things can't be salvaged. Think about just how much disruption, oh my good God, has, has been caused this year. They say that California feeds America. It's the breadbasket of America. And these fires are happening through wine country. All the marijuana's gone. The tomatoes are gone. Right? The onions are gone. Some of that stuff can be salvaged, but for the most part, it's gone. And I talked about it at the start of this episode, too, the euthanizing of all those cows and all those chickens. We played the clips for you where you had a, a, a milk being poured out because it had no place to go. Like it is an economic disaster. And now you have them calling for a nationwide trucker stop. So I, I, I support the idea. You see. So it's, it, it's going to be very interesting, no doubt. And now, you have a British health expert calling for a meat tax. 
Meanwhile, a record number of families are relying on food banks to feed themselves. An article that comes from Science of the Time, they put this up November 9th, it says a carbon tax should be introduced for food producers by 2025, a group of UK health professionals have said, stressing that the food production accounts for the bulk of greenhouse gas emissions. It is impossible to, quote, keep global temperatures at safe levels without paying attention to the food industry, both in terms of production and consumption. The UK Health, the UK health Alliance of Climate Change said in a report released last week, the association represents several colleges of medicine and nursing, the British Medical Association, as well as Medical Journal, The Lancet, among other groups. One of the incentives proposed by the Alliance to save the planet is to switch to a climate-friendly diet, veganism. This includes, among other measures, trimming red meat consumption in favor of plant-based protein, as they claim meat production is one of the major contributors to emissions. According to the data cited in the report, the food system will be a, quote, within sustainable environmental limits only if red meat consumption is cut by half. Another proposal says that all food producers should be targeted by a food carbon tax. The levy is said to be based on the carbon footprint of their food products and should be introduced in five years if the industry fails to take, quote, voluntary action on its climate impact. The group stressed that, the, that such fiscal measures have, b have been proven to be an effective tool set in the so-called sugar tax and levies on plastic bags as successful examples. Uh, before I continue on, you already have Joe Biden saying that he would get us back into the Paris Climate Accord. You've got Greta Thunberg already trying to weasel, weasel her way back into American politics. And my reason behind saying that is they are trying to introduce a carbon tax. They're already trying to talk about, you know, getting us into this mindset, getting us along with Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030, having fines and taxes for people that don't capitulate and join. Uh, you've already had Microsoft and Apple say they're going to be carbon neutral by 2030, that they're not going to basically have an impact. This is why you have uh, certain certain big tech companies putting their servers uh, underwater and then using that water to help generate electricity. I don't know. It's 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 a crazy method of 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 of, of energy control uh, and energy management. But what I'm trying to say is. COVID-19 will lead to this development. You're going to see them pivot from the virus to global emissions. Looking at our carbon footprint and a meat tax is just that. So whenever Sir Nicholas Carter is saying that COVID-19 could lead to World War III, well, some countries will go along you know, with, with the agenda, but others won't. And this will lead to resource wars. People being taxed, people fighting over 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 things that are there. Here, let me let me get back into this article and then we'll continue on. It says while the tax stops short of pointing out at pointing at any manufacturers in particular, meat producers may be hit hard as livestock produce livestock produce methane, uh, which is even worse for the ozone layer and nitrous oxide. The UK HACC says that the impact of such a tax on UK farmers could be reduced by offering subsidies for encouraging biodiversity and afforestation. However, the measure may eventually end up on the shoulders of consumers as producers may simply hike prices instead of reducing their climate impact, the report warns. Other measures proposed by the group include mandatory environmental labeling for food and reducing food waste, including by eliminating the practice of buy one, get one free promotions for unhealthy and perishable foods. Quote, we can't reach our goals without addressing our food system 
said Kristen Bash, a co-author of the UK HACC report, quote, the climate crisis isn't something we should see as far in the future. It's something, it's time to take these issues seriously now. They're saying that we're going to tax your food to the point where you're not going to want it. I remember uh, watching the show Incorporated, put together by Matt Damon and um, Ben Affleck. And in the actual episode, they had like a pack of bacon that was worth, that was like, I, I guess, worth like a lot of money because they basically ended up paying their house servant and like a couple strips of bacon after she tried to steal, steal some of the bacon. And I say that because meat is going to be considered a commodity. This is Agenda 21. This is Agenda 2030. This is the Green New Deal. This is climate change. This is them getting you away from your, 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 your old world order, getting you away from the diet that you're used to having. This is the global consequence of COVID-19. We could talk about the political escalations, the stuff that's happening because of our electoral system, but that's just happening here nationally. We're not looking at the global impact of what all this means, what, infl what inflation sounds like. When I say getting us used to being poor, when you have Klaus Schwab saying that, uh, that we're going to pay you not to work, that we have the finances for that. One of Joe Biden's health administrators came out saying, you know what, we have the finances to do that. No, you don't. You can't pay people. You can never pay somebody enough to not go after their dreams because it's always going to intensify. There's never enough money in the world. That's why you have to go out there and go get it yourself. This is a deep-rooted psychological issue that's being masqueraded as political nonsense. That's what I mean by the socioeconomic and the sociopolitical reformation, the paradigm shift, really changing how we approach the world, the, the, the collapsing of the old world order and the resurrection or the creation of the new world order. And it starts with stuff just like that, with down to your food. That's a part of the Great Reset. Having a diet that is climate and earth friendly. Having a sustainable relationship with the earth. You, you understand these words I'm trying to kick to you? You get me? Because it's not words. It's what they mean. It's what it means. We're going to hop over here on Telegram real quick. Hop over here on Telegram and we are going to find this quick article that talks about children regressing because of COVID-19. Here's what my screen looked like. Sorry. Uh, but we're going to get into an article that we put over here on our Telegram channel talking about how children are regressing due to COVID-19. Children regressing. Right here, CBS News. Kids have regressed due to COVID-19 restrictions with some potty-trained kids going back to diapers. It's kind of, it is sad. It's not kind of sad. It is sad. Because what we're talking about is that social factor, man. Kids need to be around people their ages. And everybody's suffering from this. You know, there are some kids who don't have computers and can't sit on their computer, can't sit on their phone for six hours or for eight hours or for however long kids are in school. They can't do that, man. And so they are regressing. They're not, they're not learning from other people. They're not learning from their mistakes. They're just seeing their environment 
and enforce me in a state of arrested development. It's a very real thing. And I know, you know, people are having hard toss-ups. You know, do I send my kid back to school during a pandemic? It's, 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 it's really hard to say. But what I'm trying to say is everybody is suffering. Parents are having to readjust their schedules. They're having to have more of a relationship with their kids. They, have, they can't rely on the state. This is one of, again, the global consequences of COVID-19, the social political reformation that's taking place. What are our values, right? Let me read this article. It comes from Caitlin O'Kane over there at CBS News. They put this up November 10th. It says kids have regressed due to COVID-19 restrictions with some potty trained kids going back to diapers. This is an educational watchdog in the UK found that some children have regressed due to COVID-19 related school closures and restrictions. A report from Ofsted, the Office for Standards and Education, Children's Services and Skills, says some kids have fallen back in basic skills, as some who were greatly impacted have forgotten how to use a fork and knife. Wow. Ofsted made visits to 900 schools and early child care providers in September and October, according to a press release from the UK government department. It found that it found there are three, quote, broad groups of children according to Chief Inspector Amanda, Spiel- Amanda Spielman. One of the hardest-hit groups of young kids, this group has suffered from time out of school and has gone backwards on words and numbers. This group has also reverted to diapers after being potty trained or lost some basic skills, such as using a knife and fork. The majority of children are in the middle group and, quote, have slipped back in their learning to varying degrees since, since schools were closed to most children and movement restricted, according to Spielman. The, quote, lost learning is unarguable, but it's hard to assess. A third group is comprised of children who had positive experiences during school closures. These kids aren't necessarily from well-off backgrounds, but do have supportive families. They might have benefited from more equality time with their families and felt a sense of togetherness with their parents. Whether or not kids, quote, had good support structures, but a role in experiences, for example, if parents were able to spend time with the kids and family, this was described as a, quote, good support structure. The Ofsted inspectors said older children have lost their, quote, stamina for reading. The watchdog also learned, or also warned, that older kids might show loss of concentration when returning to school, noting that fights on social media started during the lockdown and now, quote, being played out in the classroom. Some children are showing signs of mental distress, raising concern about eating disorders and self-harm, according to the Ofsted report. Others also reported a loss of physical fitness. The UK first went into lockdown in March, shutting schools and most businesses. The country went into lockdown again last week, but unlike the first time, schools, universities, and nurseries will remain open, according to BBC News. Quote, returning to school is vital for children's education and for their well-being, says the UK's Department of of Education Guidance, updated last Thursday. Quote, time out of school is detrimental for children's cognitive and academic development particularly for disadvantaged children. This impact can affect both current levels of education and children's future ability to learn. Therefore, we should ensure all pupils can return to school sooner rather than later. The Department of Education said for most children, the benefits of returning to school far outweigh the risks of getting coronavirus. So the plan is for children to return to school and to start to reverse the enormous cost of missed education. The department says, I'm going to go ahead. So if you guys want to read more, I'll put the link for that in the description bar below. Again, it's on our Telegram channel, but there you have it. Children are regressing 
they're not they're not at that accelerated state of learning they're not coming together you know having your online friends is is, is much different than having friends that you do yard work with or friends that you work on cars with or friends that you paint fences with or friends you go out and go do things with that you read books or, 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 or research with. Now everything's done online. These kids, they miss that social factor. Told not to hold hands or hug, socialize. It's a gosh darn tragedy. They're being brainwashed, indoctrinated, put into a state of arrested development to where they have to wait for their next update. This is this has been atrocious, man. That's what I'm saying. COVID nineteen has traumatized the world. It is it is it has radically changed how we interface not only with one another, but with ourselves, man. With ourselves. That's why I, I, I truly don't think I could be here before you guys today were it not for my deep faith that I did. apparently I have. I I learned this. That I had a deeper relationship with God than I thought, and it's only going to get deeper because they can't take that away from you. They can, take, they can take the churches, they can take the school, they can take all these other things, but they can't take your relationship with God. That's what I was saying earlier this week, that religion to me, spirituality to me, is the highest form of resistance because they can't take that from you. That's why when looking at China, I said that there is no other religion than the state. And there is no more evidence of that than this right here. China converts churches into factories, cultural centers, to ensure that Christians can't gather. And long-time listeners of the show have heard me talk about this type of behavior. This is essentially a thought transformation camp, a re-education center. As I said before, you're allowed to have a religion. You're allowed to worship a God, but you're not allowed to worship Jesus Christ. You're definitely not allowed to be a Christian. You're allowed to explore all these other faiths, but you're not allowed to worship anything. As again, I'll say it again. There is no other religion than the state. Let me read this to you. Because again, this is a part of that cancel culture, right? More of that COVID-19 nonsense. It won't go on in this article. They won't talk a whole lot about it or really even mention it. But that's exactly what it is. And we have followed the destruction of religion in China, the burning of Bibles, the, the, the burning of churches, the tearing down of crosses, right? the ripping up of graveyards, the destruction of, of, of grave sites, uh, installing Communist Party officials inside of the church, rewriting the Ten Commandments to be placed on the Xi Jinping quotes. Uh, 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 <laughs> it's just, it is crazy what they have done to Christianity in China. And now you have them converting churches in the factories, cultural centers, to ensure that Christians can't gather, saying that, no, you will not worship anything other than the state. This is an article written by Ricky Scaparo over there in Times Headline. They put this up November 10th. It says, China is taking new measures to ensure that Christians won't be able to assemble together and worship. According to a new report from the Christian Post, China's Communist Party has demolished churches and repurposes places of worship, turning them into entertainment venues, factories, or cultural centers, promoting President Xi Jinping's socialist values. Now, think about this, because there's a 
there's a theory out there that the Knights Templar built a lot of churches on top of uh, on top of like slain enemies. That they basically built these churches on top of uh, previous mounds and previous uh, religions and previous cultures to consecrate the ground and to claim it for their own, for their own god, right? And that's exactly what I what I get when I think of this that the Xi Jinping that the Communist Party saw that these people were worshiping God there and they wiped this place out and they turned it into a workshop or into a, a cultural center, a factory, a place to where people won't be able to worship. They took this spot that was trying to deify and give glory to God and they said, no, you're going to give glory to man. This is the report further states that the Guangjin district in the Guangjin district government in Shangrao City has reportedly shut down an old local church venue for, quote, organizing a legal gathering and refusing to join the three-self church. A month later, it was conveniently converted into a civilization practice station for a new era, a nationwide project launched by the CCP in July of 2018 to encourage people of faith to abandon religions and follow, follow the party. Quote, party propaganda posters were posted everywhere in the venue, and table tennis tables were brought inside according to a church member, adding that the church congregation is now forced to gather in homes of believers. This church was just one of many that have been shuttered by the CCP in recent months, according to sources. Meanwhile, another Christian in China was reportedly called in by the Chinese police just moments before he planned to host a webinar about Christianity and Chinese culture. According to a report from CBN News, Ryan Yanfei, who converted to Christianity about four years ago in 2016, is a writer and public speaker who has spent his life devoted to has his life being devoted to sharing the gospel since his conversion. The report states that Ron was scheduled to participate in a webinar titled quote, Gospel During the Pandemic over the course of November 3rd to November 5th. However, the night before the virtual lecture began on November 4th, Ron received a sudden phone call from Chinese authorities demanding that he cease the discussion and report to the local police station. Now think about this. They said, hold up, Ron. You better not tell the people about your God. You better not tell people about Chinese culture. You better not. You better not. And they're going to put, again, tabletop cultural centers where you can play <laughs> tabletop tennis. Acting like that's where culture is going to be. That's where spirituality derives. That's what, that's what people are going to church for, right? Tabletop tennis. Did you see how much of a mockery that is? This is this is this is kind of crazy to see. Again, the information I just prattled off about what's going on and what's happened to our Chinese Christian brothers and sisters, the Falun Gong, as well as the Uyghur Muslims that are over there going into these re-education centers, these thought transformation centers, being taken to these these detention facilities. Some of them even being killed, labeled religious extremists. Over there, the fact that they're, they're they're putting factories and cultural centers there, that's them. That's there for them to wipe over what they've done. Oh, we didn't just wipe out a religion. Look, you can play tabletop tennis here now. Ron can't even go on go online and host a webinar without being told without being told to report. To his local police station. It's sanity. This is insanity. This is re education camps. Again, there is no other religion 
than the state. And this is who Joe Biden is working with. Continuing on, it says Ron was later released by authorities. He stated, quote, I am thankful that I have been returned, Ron said during an online message. I cannot share tomorrow as well, but must we share the gospel through speaking? If you understand that being a change is the sharing of the gospel, not only with the people who talk to you, but also the many who watch you, then we should feel joyful for entering the police station multiple times. Ron's experience is among many where the Christian or where the Chinese government has cracked down in an attempt to suppress Christians and the church in China. Yeah, the, the Christians in China are hardcore. They're hardcore because they have made the ultimate sacrifice um, and they have stood up. The stuff that I literally just told you right there from the burning down of churches, the burning of books, Bibles, the ripping up of graves, right? They have withstood and the, and the church there has only gotten stronger. It really has and we're afraid to wear masks here or congregate here. That's the problem, you know, and I have to say this too. Whenever a lot of that stuff started going down, that's why they got rid of George Orwell's 1984 over there. That's why they, 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 they started again, burning these Bibles because they're creating the mark of the beast style system over there in China. They're creating a social credit score system where you're able to neither buy nor sell without receiving the mark. For the for our Chinese Christian brothers and sisters over there, they are already in Revelation. They are already in the Mark of the Beast style system. Yet you won't hear a word of it over here. You won't hear any of the so-called Christians here talking about that type of stuff. It takes an Archbishop, Archbishop Carlo Vigliano, to write a public letter to Donald Trump for him to basically say, hey, listen, this COVID stuff is creating a global technocratic elite to where you have Klaus Schwab, one of the directors for the World Economic Forum, echoing those sentiments, saying that indeed a technocratic, dictatorial elite are going to rule the earth. This is it. This is the global consequence of COVID-19. They wanted a global government. But this global government, this time frame that we have found ourselves in, was prophesied. But you see, that's why prophecy supersedes the moment. If you think if you think the news is bad, if you think the news is fake news, what do you think about history? You see, this is why they had to get rid of 1984. Because it wasn't a story, it was the plan. It was what they were telling you. The telescreens in everybody's home. Everybody receiving orders. The Ministry of Truth. Right? The thought police are just fact checkers. That's why they had to get rid of, the, of 1984 in China. That's why they had to get rid of the Bible in China, and that's why they're trying to erase history here today. And to begin to close out this segment for you, ladies and gentlemen, a final article on the global consequence right here. The Space Force has created a, quote, orbital warfare unit and now has its own spaceship. So just disregard every little thing I said right there, right? Not, not really all of it, but some of it. That technocratic dictatorial elite, the breakaway civilization, Asgardia, the technocrats, the scientific dictatorship, those elites. Orbital warfare. Like, like think about what I'm trying to talk to you guys about. Right whenever we started coming, we 
when we first started covering the pandemic, it's going to be Illuminati theories that were associated with it was that they were going to release a bioweapon, launch themselves off into space, watch the bioweapon take care of roughly 90% of the population, only for them to come back down after the bioweapon hits its side and all the other economic effects and blah, 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 they would come back down acting like gods with their advanced technology and begin to repopulate the earth. We're in those, we're, we're in those weird days. That's why they've got a plan for the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and 40 years. But the thing is, is they know that once we get past the 2050s, things are going to be so crazy from all this technocratic stuff they're doing, trying to play God, that they won't be able to escape it. That's when the bio cities, that's whenever the, uh, 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 the domed city structures are going to come in. That's when, that's when the future is going to be something else. But we're, 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 we're right there. That's what the Great Reset is. That's what COVID is. That's what all this is. It's leveling that old world order so they can create this new world order. And the Space Force is a continuation of that. It's a, it's a manifestation of it. You see, earlier this week I had, uh, I'll say this and I'll start getting into stuff. Earlier this week I had somebody on the Instagram live ask me, we were, we were talking about, you know, some of the pathways forward. That's the name of the live, the minicast, the pathways forward. We were talking about the pathways that humanity is currently on. Uh, and I, I told her because of the research that we had done doing this type of work, uh, that there are currently three trajectories in which humanity can go on. Uh, one that is the full transhuman proto-borg, you know, cyborg reality that they want for us, where we're totally, where we're totally absorbed into the matrix, right, to where we're half to where we're full machines. Uh, the other trajectory is to where we're half machines, half humans, right? Uh, again, proto-borgs, where we still retain some of our human functionality, but it's been augmented by technology. And then the, th the third and final trajectory uh, is to where we're able to be fully human, to where we're able to access that, that almost godlike energy, have that deeper relationship with God, understand the powers of nutraceuticals, supplements, vitamins, and more, and really, really, again, become superhuman in that existence and this is where we're at right now and you know uh, coming off of the heels talking about this these, this chinese cultural center and then pivoting into the, the orbital warfare unit you have to understand the people the controlling oligarchy they're aware of things that we are not they see that we have a a a, a almost chronological multi-dimensional genetic aspect to how we're going through this awakening process and so they're trying to manipulate it you see, you can even use like a cosmological lens and say, hey, because we're in 2020, there's so many different things happening to us on like a multidimensional level that we're becoming aware of all this. Uh, you know, again, shifting from the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius, there are so many different things happening uh, that these people, they want to collapse what they've done and then create a way for the whole new world order. And we're in that. And so when I'm talking with my guest about, you know, advanced technologies being released and stuff like that, that's where we're in in this time frame. It, uh, no good things are going to come without great sacrifice. And unfortunately, that's where a lot of these people uh, who are sacrificing themselves for the COVID-19 development of the vaccine, that's where their, their, their essence is going towards the development of these advanced therapeutics uh, and life extension technologies. But you've got to ask yourself, where is that going to put you in your trajectory? Are people going to want that, 
or do we need to begin start having that conversation of what a superhuman looks like and so this is a very interesting time frame we found ourselves in uh the, the, this article we're going to be getting into about the orbital warfare that's them just saying that that the military industrial complex has 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 stepped up that they too are now moving past just terrestrial warfare regional warfare and things like this uh whenever sir nicholas carter the uk defense minister that we were talking about earlier talking about how covid could lead to 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 world war three we've got to think about this it's not about just bang bang shoot them up you're dead it's about the resources orbital warfare being able to have total dominion not only on your airspace but in your space in general and that's where this comes in so there's a lot of things happening right now on the landscape for the future but people kind of have to pull back to think about what this means where we're going and where this is going to take us uh, but here let me go ahead and get in this article and i'll start closing out this episode for you guys sorry to go on that rant uh, we put this up november 10th it's from activist post it's by justin mclehan mclaughlin and it says that it's not specifically a TIE fighter or X-Wing from the Star Wars series, but the drive, reported last week that Trump's recently created Space Force is now in charge of the experimental X-37B spacecraft, a craft that was in prior air ownership of the Air Force, which should turn many heads. The unit is also precariously known as Delta 9, according to the service. Military.com reports. So they're going ahead and telling me we got the, we got the technology. We're going to space. It's like, I'll say this and get back into it. Right whenever the, at the height of this pandemic, I remember covering it because I posted it over there on, on Liberation Legion, Trump signed an executive order to go ahead and start mining the moon. He's like, oh, okay, so we're going to start tripping out a pandemic. Well, let's go ahead and start getting materials to get people off world. And I know it sounds crazy, but if you want a rabbit hole to go down, look into stuff like Asgardia. There is for sure... An entire, <laughs> there is an entire, when I say a breakaway civilization, that's a part of it. There's an entire part of the, the world here, the, the, the controlling elites, the technocrats, who are using technology to monitor society, and they're going to they're gonna siphon off all the resources to make themselves that much more powerful. It's very crazy. I'll, I'll try to get into it uh, at, the, at, at the end of this. Uh, but military.com reports that Space Operation Command's was activated last month during a ceremony at Peterson Air Force Base in Colorado. Under the field commands are Deltas and squadrons, according to the Space Force, the Space Force's commander hierarchy. Delta 9's Detachment 1 oversees operations of the X3, X-37B orbital test vehicle, an experimental program designed to demonstrate technologies for a reliable, reusable, unmanned space test platform for the U.S. Space Force, according to the unit's fact sheet. Goes on to say that Delta 9 consists of three active duty squadron headquartered at Shriver Air Force Base, Colorado 1st Space Operations Squadron, 3rd Space Operations Squadron, and 750th Operations Support Squadron, along with Detachment 1. The three, the three squadrons conduct, protect, and defend operations from space and provide response options to deter and defeat adversary threats in space, according to the chart. It's in this Delta group, or this in, it's in this Delta group that the X-37B will be used. For what purpose exactly is unknown, but according to the document, it says that the, that Delta Nine will be responsible for orbital warfare. The Minds Unleashed previously reported that Johns Hopkins University political scientist Daniel Doodley warned that quote space could end up controlled by a totalitarian empire. 
Nations, including China and Russia, are already beginning to weaponize space with energy weapons and anti-satellite missiles. That's according to the Pentagon report last year in CNBC. The U.S. is also involved in the weaponization of space, and a U.S. Air Force commander has previously, com has previously proclaimed that space weapons should be used against ISIS without explaining on how. Quote, if we want to be more agile than the reality is, we're going to have to push decision authority down to some lower levels in certain areas. The big question that we've got to wrestle with is, is the authorities to operate in cyber and space? Hmm. General David Goldfein, the Air Force Chief of Staff, told USA Today. This is despite such actions being forbidden under the United Nations Outer Space Treaty established in 1967 for any nation to weaponize space. Additionally, the, quote, Space Provision Treaty in 2005 states that countries won't seek to weaponize space. Doubtful. Doubtful, because if you can control the space, then you can control the air, and if you can control the air, you can control what's going on, and if you control all that, it's all, that's always all, it's what it's always about, control and dominion. Yeah, they say that they don't want countries to weaponize space, but we know exactly that's what it is. So let me talk about this real quick, because I said I would, I, I, I want to close this episode out for you guys. The breakaway civilization, using things like the space force, the military industrial complex, and other things such as this, other apparatuses within the system, the deep state, so to speak, to siphon off resources from the main population for the betterment of a few. That's what we are. Whatever you've got, again, Klaus Schwab and Biden's health, one of Biden's health advisors saying, we'll pay you to not work. What they're saying is, we'll pay you to be slaves. We need you to carry out our operations. We don't need you getting distracted on creating your own business, creating generational wealth, you know, having kids, having a family. We don't want you doing that. What we want you to do is we want you to not work. We want to incentivize you to stay at home. We want you to stay in a state of arrested development, and we need you to, t to help carry out our plans. Successful compartmentalization will pay you to do things, but you have no idea what these things are doing. When we're talking about the weaponization of space, you've got to ask yourself, is it like Star Wars? Yeah, it could, it could lead towards a totalitarian empire. I could definitely see how we would gradually be entering into those stages to where they're conquering the entire world, trying to control and maintain resources. Is this because of COVID-19 or is this just because of humans? Something you've got to ask yourself because this is the world that's being created. You've got Ticketmaster asking customers to provide a COVID-19 vaccine status before entering into <laughs> concerts. And you've got health advisors saying, we're going to give the vaccine to everybody else before we give it to Americans. And you've got an archbishop coming out saying that this COVID nonsense is a, is a trick and a ploy. It ain't nothing but a global conspiracy against God and humanity. It's 2020 and people are waking up to see what's happening. A great awakening is taking place, no doubt. But with this great awakening comes even more turmoil. And while they try to keep us underneath their thumb, we have to remember that resistance is our existence. And we can allow for these people to give us our success. Remember what I, what I said at the start of the show. The contention creates distrust. Right now, 
the distrust, is sowing the seeds for dissent. But that dissent will make us become ungovernable. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Technocracy Rising, Political Escalations and Global Consequences. However, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you want to check out more, listen to the minicast we did earlier this week, The Pathways Forward. As always, we try to diversify the information because you guys deserve it. Yeah, the world is getting crazy and we'll be right there with you trying to figure out what's happening, deciphering it the best way we can. If you guys want to support this operation, you can do so by joining our patreon.com forward slash freedom faction exclusive membership program. A lot of the content we have is on there, as well as our new Telegram channel. I'll put the link for that, as well as all the other videos and things that we use in this episode in the description bar below. The fight's ahead of us, but we can't slack. All I can really say, ladies and gentlemen, is everything I've already said before. Stay vigilant, and remember, guys and gals, Expose lies and share truth. This is Noisera, Freedom Faction, out. <laughs>